RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Mike and Eames. <laughs> I decided to go with just single syllable today. <laughs> Before we started here, we were just briefly chatting about the weekend, and we also were chatting about what happened yesterday in Buffalo, New York, which immediately was framed as some crazy right-wing extremist who went out and just wanted to white nationalist, crazy right-wing extremist who wanted to kill Black people that turned actually into him being more of a left wing authoritarian a la Antifa like person. Wait a minute. So Tucker Carlson and Elise Stefanik did not direct him to do this. It doesn't seem like that's the case. And and I saw snippets of this video, which was absolutely terrifying. Oh, yeah. We have friends in Buffalo. Uh, My good friend, Lauren Fix, the car coach. She's a, a car reviewer. You would love her. Um, she lives up there and I immediately called her to make sure she was nowhere near the area, but she just said, though she's not, but the whole place was stunned. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that you hear happening there and the people had no, there was no hope for these folks really. Um, no, no, this guy was at close range with a very powerful firearm and he was protected himself. And the stories are myriad of people running into the freezers. I was at Wegmans in my hood when this happened. And, uh, you know, my wife thinks I'm nuts, but I told I've trained her now. Every time you go into a building that you don't know, find an alternate exit from the one you came in. It's it's very important that you do that always. And that's why churches are which there was another shooting at a church in uh, San Francisco, I believe. Um, Not quite San Francisco. It it was in California. but it, the, the reality is it was a church full of heroes. Yes, it was. That, that one went a little bit differently. Um, but the reason why churches are always so easy for people is what is everybody doing? Facing forwards from the entrance. And there's really only one entrance and it's behind you. Typically, although um, the churches that we attend here have side entrances for all the latecomers to sneak in and not get the stink eye from the pastor. Ah, uh, yes. Those late people. Yeah. The tardy. Those- but, and then what happened? There was also another mass shooting in Houston, but it was people who knew each other. Yeah. Right? I didn't read about that one yet. I, I'm a little behind. Um, but you know, listen, motivations or not the, the, I read the manifesto, the first part of it when it was first released, um, citizen free press had it. Yeah. And I read the first page and it read like almost as though somebody had written it so that people would automatically say, oh, look, it's a 4chan right winger who just we need to ban all these people and guns. And like it was so stereotypical that it was like somebody else wrote it for this person and said, just put you know what I mean? Well, the the first thing, and I said this to my wife uh, last night, I said it's 180 pages. What 18 year old? is capable of writing 180 pages. And when did he start? And she goes, well, I did. Because she's different. She's a, she's a writer. This is a kid who has an absolute crazy obsession. If it was, if it was, I don't know. I just, the poor, the poor, I just think about, you know, as a parent, like if you're a parent and your kid does something like that, how you must feel. Well, they interviewed the parents. Isn't that what we were heard? We were told. I didn't. Well, they did. The, the parents are cooperating with law enforcement. But imagine learning that your son has just committed this absolutely atrocious crime and like all of the thoughts and feelings and emotions that brings you as a parent. Like, you know, he was also apparently um, he was also taken in during covid because he threatened to harm students at his high school graduation. He threatened to shoot up the school. Yeah. And New York State has massive red flag laws that should have been waving giant red flags. And this kid should not have had access to a firearm after he made that threat. So all of the people who keep saying we need common sense gun laws, you don't enforce them. You don't enforce what's on the books now. How are you going to? Yeah, there's more than 5000 gun laws all around the country. And look at the states where they are the toughest. New York and California. 
And where were the two biggest incidents this weekend? New York and California. There was actually a gentleman who was interviewed right after it um, outside of the ho- outside of the store. And I think I have the clip of what he said. I don't know if you have it, Mike. I don't. But I think I've seen it. So play away as you so choose. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it right now. Um, but of course, I'm not finding it. It's a guy in a red shirt or a big red shirt. Yes. And he, he basically says, um, you know, if somebody was in there who had access to a firearm and knew here it is. It's not the gun. It's the person with the gun. Here we go. Yeah. Had to say. This is just ridiculous. That's something. What else can you say? It's ridiculous. Something has to change from the bottom to the top because they're not going to do nothing. We got to do something because this is ridiculous. Um, I feel bad for the people that was in there because after the security guard got shot, he got a gun shooting people still. That's true. That's 100% correct. And that is why I'm a big fan of uh, concealed carry permitting. Yep. Big fan. Yeah. I I often, though, ask, you know, because this story, this horrific story out of Buffalo, where you have these people killed, uh, and then you have people wounded as well, struggling to stay alive. You have one person dead in the church in California, four others wounded. I often ask myself, what would I do? What would I do? Well, the first thing, if it was just me, I'm going to worry about my safety. If my wife's with me, I'm, I've got to hide her somewhere or get her out. But, you know, could I have done what some of those people did in the church and attack the shooter and then find a, an extension cord and hog t- tie the son of a bitch until the authorities can get there? I, I, I would like to think I would have that instinct, but I don't know. You know, you don't know until you're in the situation. You really don't until you're in a situation like that. Like personally, when something crazy and catastrophic happens, I'm always the one who's calm, cool and collected during the crazy catastrophe. Yeah. And then a couple hours after when everyone else is calmed down, I'm the one who then it comes and kicks in and I go, I go nuts. So like one time my son smacked himself in the face with a bat and cut open his eye. And he was gushing blood and he runs inside and he's gushing blood and everybody's freaking out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I went in, identified where it was coming from, got pressure on it, closed it up, cleaned up and then took him for stitches. And then after I got home, I lost it. (laughs) Well, that's good. See, that's that's what you're supposed to do. When when I was five, I was trying to get into our house and all of us were at the neighbor's backyard having Kool-Aid and cookies Mm. And uh, I was banging on the glass window and broke through it and sliced my left wrist. Oh, where I, I remember seeing blood pumping oh, out God. of my wrist into the eye and I screamed. And the other memory I have is my mother hurdling the hedge from the neighbors running and clamping her entire hand over the, the wound and preventing me from dying. That's a mom. Yeah, that's what moms do. That's what moms do. It's just very sad. Like, this whole thing is very sad. And the politicization of every tragedy that happens makes me even sadder. It really does. This was a sick person who, you know, you can't use one person to blanket. Like, if we were going to do that, the people, like the the trans teacher from over the weekend that was promoting all of that. Here, I'll I'll tell you what this story was. Um, A woke Arizona high school counselor who helped organize the drag show for kids there was arrested and accused of having sex with a 15 year old girl. Gee, who could have seen that coming? I mean, really? And so do we see, do we see everybody, you know, running about claiming that this person represents everyone on the left? No, we don't. We should maybe because perhaps we should, but, or perhaps we should consider who we are giving control of our children to. Um, yes, no. which is which is, you know, we can't we can't say those things, Mike. We can't call them groomers. They don't like it. I will. <laughs> I keep calling them groomers. I, that's what they are. It's like, OK, boomer. I'm using OK, okay groomer. groomer. Damn it's right. A, now, the other story that attaches to the Buffalo story and the 
and the California story, and sadly, the New York City subway shooter story, and even sadder, the Waukesha, Wisconsin Christmas Parade Massacre. Oh, wh- that- what massacre? The Waukesha, Wisconsin Christmas Parade Massacre. Because you don't hear much about that because the shooter and the, the massacre was uh, an African-American man, I believe, right? Well, he he didn't shoot anybody. He, he ran them over by running them over. Yeah, he's a black man. And um, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., our, our ad- brain adult president, is going to Buffalo for a photo op tomorrow. Yeah. And he has not been to Waukesha. Now, uh, Jill Biden went with uh, Doug Emhoff. Man, his name sounds so much like a really good insult because he's a real Emhoff. <laughs> Doug Emhoff, the, the second gentleman, um, I should call him the sloppy seconds gentleman, too, maybe. Well, he kind is that, of is, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. Admittedly so, I guess. Yeah. But uh, so uh, Jill and, and Douglas went there in December, but Joe Biden did not go. And there were six people killed and dozens seriously injured, lives ruined, families destroyed. And uh, that was racially motivated. It wasn't politically expedient, though, Mike. No, no, it was not. You know, what's crazy, we can use this to tie back in to something that's going on right now that I have to talk about um, with uh, Kathy Barnett in Pennsylvania. Okay. So remember during Charlottesville when the left seized upon Donald Trump's comments about there being very fine people on both sides? Not they they changed that to mean something it didn't mean, and they edited it out of context in order to push. Well, that's what the right has been doing to Kathy Barnett over the past three or four days to the point where it is so despicable and disgusting that it's almost as though now they're doing it so that people vote for her. It's that Greg Kelly and Rick Grinnell of all people. I was stunned to see this have been started sharing on Twitter, you know, things taken completely out of context links to a video that she had made that actually she used the hashtags BLM and defund the police to promote so that, People who were searching those hashtags would find her video, not because she supports BLM and defunding the police, but they tried to paint this narrative that she does. And when you just take a minute to listen to the video, you realize immediately that it's just it, they were just lying to you. And and the tweets coming out from these people like they had someone very hastily edit together snippets of sentences from like longer diatribes she had filmed. It was just so pathetic and sick. If there's something to really go after her on, by all means, go ahead. But to to make up, this is a despicable, disgusting, disgusting insult to the voter, not the candidate so much. Well, I, I'm very close to the Pennsylvania border, and I happen to do a Saturday night show on the radio in Pennsylvania on a big conservative talk station, WPHT, if you're asking. Um, and so I've actually interviewed Kathy Barnett in the past. And um, I haven't gotten a hold of her in the last couple of weeks, obviously, because bigger names like like uh, Shannon Bream are, are talking to her. But Kathy Barnett, if her only failing is her lack of experience in the big leagues, that that's the only thing I can see. She's not got the complete polished ability that so many career politicians have on how to flip around a statement and answer it. And as such, some of her stuff comes off a little shaky in how she responds. And so um, I'm disturbed by what Rick Grinnell did. I'm disturbed by what Greg Kelly did. And I understand they have loyalties in one direction. Uh, At the end of the day, and we're going to know at the close of business tomorrow because the primary in Pennsylvania and maybe the most important Senate primary in the country because it could mean flipping a seat and flipping the Senate or keeping the Senate. So for the Democrats keeping it, the, um, the realization I had over the weekend was the worst Democrat, I'm sorry, the worst Republican candidate is better than the best Democrat candidate. And I'm going to stick by that. You know, that's the thing that I have been railing against for gosh, decades now. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say it. 
For years and years and years, we've always been told, you know, I know it's the lesser of two evils, but this is who can win, right? I know it's the lesser of two evils, but this is who we need to vote for. And so, you know, that's how we got Mitt Romney. You know, if you only like if if everybody just decided to vote their conscience, then that entire mantra would be ridiculous. But people like people vote for Lindsey Graham over and over and over. He's the only one who can win. How do you know if you never vote for anybody else ever? Well, I always end up with these guys being the uh, lesser of two evils. It's terrible because then like then you get Mitt Romney and you get you get these crap. Like, what's the difference at that point if we win or lose, if we have another Mitt Romney? Yeah, that would be a bad thing. So, I mean, I think everybody needs to start using their brains. And I said this over the weekend. I said endorsements are great, okay? But they're not you being a sheep in a pen, just listening to whatever endorsement comes out and deciding that that's the way you must vote because of an endorsement. I'm telling everybody in my Philadelphia area and Pennsylvania audience, look, look at the candidates. There's there's some strong candidates there. Some have been endorsed by Donald Trump. Some have not. And you you can see their records and you've heard their stances. Vote for one of them. And then when it's all said and done, if you're truly a conservative, you have to support whoever won because that's how an election works. Yeah, I I know it's 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 rough because, you know, interestingly, President Trump came out and endorsed Doug Mastriano. Yes. And, you know, I am I'm a huge fan of Doug Mastriano. Huge. Um, And he endorsed him. But Mastriano is a huge Barnett supporter. Yeah. So this is and Barnett uses the Make America Great Again line everywhere in her ads. I mean, she means it. That's the thing. And, you know, what's crazy is that like Barnett, um, Mastriano was endorsed, in my opinion, because he's going to win. And I think Donald Trump may, this is just speculation, may have been looking around at the field and knowing he's got trouble there with his Oz endorsement and wanting a win out of Pennsylvania. So endorsing Mastriano ensures him a win in Pennsylvania. Sure. And I accept that. I accept that analysis because that that is not dumb. That's a pol- politician doing a political thing. Yeah, which is actually why we have all the problems that we have, because if we were actually vetting candidates for what they stood for and what they were going to do and then giving out endorsements instead of endorsements being handed out like uh, candy and political favors, then we would have some shoot, you know, chance to really reform and change things here. But that's not what I see happening. Well, sticking in Pennsylvania for just another minute, also in Pennsylvania over the weekend, we learned that the presumptive Democrat candidate for the Senate seat that's going to be up in in November. Stroke. uh, Yeah, had a stroke, had a minor stroke. Now, he's he's a younger guy. He's not someone you would consider to be a stroke candidate, but he had a stroke, disappeared from all the media events on Friday. And then Sunday, he and his wife put out a statement saying that he had a stroke and it has been treated with kid gloves. Had this been a leading Republican candidate in this upcoming primary, the statements and the claims would have been, he must drop out. He's unhealthy. Can't be considered a viable candidate after a stroke. It it is the silence and the treatment locally of this is insane. Yeah, it's it's also, you know, there's a lot of young people having strokes nowadays, Mike. I'm hearing that, and I don't know all the reasons. Plus, it seems to me like we are um, we are calling something a stroke when it's not what we used to believe a stroke is. For example, um, this cat is talking and moving fine two days after he purportedly had a stroke. You also have a senator from Maryland who had a stroke while he was giving a speech this weekend. And what it appears to be is, um, have you heard the the phrase uh, beauty salon stroke? No. When when people would hang their heads back in the wash sink, the shampoo sink. Yeah. If, if you're an older person and you do that, that stretches your neck. And some of those old pipes in there are sensitive and they will they will break and cause a stroke. 
And so he's he had a break in that area there. He wasn't he was given a speech when it happened, but he's now going to be uh, he's now going to be considered, you know, for is he healthy? We're going to ask all those same questions. And these are the things that surprise me because it used to be strokes were things that happened to seniors that happened to the elderly, but not so much anymore. And I'm forgetting the guy's name now because he's a Democrat and I don't really care about Maryland. But um, it, it wasn't Steny Hoyer and because he's a congressman. And who's the other one? Uh, there, was, there was another Democrat that had a massive uh, stroke who is in office right now and had surgery um, a few months back. Wasn't he a House member, though? I think so. I don't remember his name either. It's just there's one thing that all these people have in common. Well, what is that? They're Democrats? No. I was going to say, uh, Chris Van Hollen suffered the stroke. Chris Van Hollen, big okay. time Democrat. Yeah, so. They're, yeah. All, they're all vaccinated, Mike. All, oh, the young, all the young people having strokes are vaccinated. Now, that's an interesting uh, little factoid. Yeah. But you, two things can be possible and not related. Yeah, that's true. Um, I published a column several months ago by um, written by somebody who has had like a very difficult health journey in their life because you're seeing all these advertisements going up now. Oh, blood clots are not rare. Yes, yes, they are. They are rare. As a matter of fact, they're so rare that some doctors don't even know how to treat them properly. Okay. So they're trying to like normalize all of these things that have increased in frequency since the vaccines have been rolled out to make it as though like like everybody can have a heart attack in cold weather. You know, like all kinds of weird crap that you never used to see is all of a sudden being like, make sure you know the symptoms of this or, you know, pediatricians saying we have a defibrillator on site like this is not normal stuff for kids. And, uh, you know, it's just it's it's. It's annoying. It's annoying. It is annoying. I understand. But you also have to wonder how much of this stuff was just not paid attention to because we didn't prep for things that were on the fringe. And now that people are prepared for things that are on the fringe, that it becomes the norm. I don't know. I, I mean, you could argue some people would argue like, oh, we never reported it this much before. And now it's being reported more. But I don't think so. There's data. Well, there are people that say, and you know, because you were in uh, Long Island when this happened back in the 80s and 90s, Long Island was considered to be a hotbed of breast cancer. Oh, yes. There was a massive surge in cases of breast cancer. And I have a brother who's a doctor. And I said, Frank, what the hell's going on in Long Island? And he said, well, we're not sure, but you also have to understand that more testing is done mm. in that area than anything else. So when you do more testing, you get more cases. Yeah, but th these people would eventually find that they had breast cancer. Some of them may have outlived it. I don't know. I Speaking this weekend, can I move us ahead a little bit? Because we're still on this weekend. Yeah. The um, marches. Did they have a march in your neighborhood for the uh, for the people who want to kill babies? No. Uh, they had them in D.C., and the woman who was uh, claiming to be the president of the women's march that happened after Donald Trump was inaugurated, you know, the kitty cat hat lady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, she now said and screeching through a megaphone, get ready for the summer of rage. Oh, fun. The summer of rage. I thought the summer of love turned into the summer of rage. So will the summer of rage turn into the summer of love or will it turn into the summer of hand grenades and Molotov cocktails or something? I mean, I don't know, but it looks like they're very angry about something, Mike. Well, nothing has happened yet. So they're angry about nothing, but something might happen and we shall see. And what I didn't realize when I'm watching all of this and all the people talking about the Supreme Court possibly overturning Roe, and uh, maybe putting reasonable limits or changing the limits on abortion. And meanwhile, France, which had been 12 weeks, just extended to 14 weeks. So they've been stricter than America has for years. But never don't let that bother. No, you. no, don't let all those little pesky details get in the way. No, don't, don't let the facts bother your feelings. Uh, <laughs> but I happen to be grazing the TV and I saw a Seinfeld episode called The Couch. And I don't know if you're a Seinfeld aficionado. I have watched many. Okay. Did you ever see the one where the Italian restaurateur Poppy peed on Jerry's couch? No. 
Okay. It was just, it's a, that's a sidebar or this story was sidebar. Elaine fell in love with the delivery guy and started a relationship with this guy. And she was all happy and saying she had finally found love. Right. Mm -hmm. So she pops into Jerry's house to talk about this. Hang on, hang on, hang on, Elaine, hang on. She gets in Uh, the way all the time, Elaine. She's, she she does, but um, in this in this brief scene, today is mirrored, and this is like 2009. This happened. Check this out. I'm in love. I'm gonna fast forward. So she's she's all excited about this guy, and says that. Uh, that she's very excited because he's not judgmental and he doesn't play any games, right? Okay. Here we go. Well, all I know is he doesn't like games and he doesn't play games. You know, he has too much character and integrity. Uh-huh. And what is his stand on abortion? <laughs> now, she was putting on lipstick as Jerry asked that question, and that took Elaine by surprise, and she drew a line all the way across her face. <laughs> Because it surprised her. But the next couple of scenes shocked me. Check this out. What is his stand on abortion? Well, I'm sure he's pro-choice. How do you know? Because he... Well, he's just so good-looking. As wonderful and funny as that line is, that's true in the minds of a lot of people. They think, well, if you're young and good looking, you must be like me and pro-choice and want to kill children. Yeah, that's always they always go hand in hand, don't they? Attractiveness and killing babies. They do seem to. Yeah, no, they don't. (laughs) But uh, we fast forward a couple of scenes and Elaine is meeting up with her furniture moving new boyfriend. And this happens. Hi. You. Oh, I missed you. I don't remember the last time I felt this way. Me either. I think about you all the time. You do. Do you think about me? Oh, yeah, all the time. All the time. Although, recently I've been thinking about this friend of mine. What friend? Oh, just this woman. She got impregnated by her troglodytic half-brother and decided to have an abortion. <laughs> Someday we're going to get enough people on the Supreme Court to change that law. Oh. I don't remember that scene happening. Wow. She, That's like you, how the Simpsons actually tell the future all the time. It's amazing. I did not realize that the Seinfeld was actually capable of predicting the future. Wow. Meanwhile, Elaine cries, and of course they've broken up now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't have a, a someone who appreciates life as a boyfriend. You can't. No, no. But I, I I, forgot how edgy that show was. You it, know, the it, contest was won, but this was, you don't talk about abortion on, on primetime comedy. Maude did it and the rest of the world freaked out years ago. You can't, you can't, you can't talk about anything now. As a matter of fact, there was an article that came out, uh, I think it was in Politico, talking about how the right has reclaimed comedy and how but, it's a big deal. It sure feels that way. We're funny. We are funny. If you watched Saturday Night Live this week, you saw the only funny thing they did was when they stepped away from politics and they did a bit about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. And it was actually clever. That starts again today. It was off for for a week or two. I know. I feel like I'm waiting for a new season of Law & Order to debut. Yeah, I know. There's that. And you know what else starts today, Mike? What's that? The Sussman trial. Oh, that's right. We have uh, the beginning of the end or the end of the beginning. Which is it? You know, what's crazy is that the judge made the decision on those in-camera privilege claims. Yes. And he ruled that, yes, they were hiding material that was not privileged underneath the privilege envelope. Uh, 22 of the 26 emails that Durham had argued were likely not privileged were not privileged. However... The judge said that because Durham waited so long to challenge them on it, that they would not be able to enter those things into evidence in the trial. So you were right, but you can't use it. How is that fair? It's it's 
an argument from Sussman that he would never have time to be able to prepare a defense or strategy around those things should they have been introduced so um, so late. And you know what? He kind of has a point, unfortunately. And so he, delay, delay the trial. Let them work on responding to it. The judge does not want to delay this anymore. He's got so many things in front of him still, too. And they have to provide them to Durham anyway. He has to be provided those things. So he'll have them. And then he can, I'm assuming, craft his questions to the other people that are taking the stand um, around them. It's going to be interesting. I They're not doing a call in listen on this trial, which I think is very, very um, it's wrong. I think that they should be making this available to the general public um, because if you were there, there's overflow rooms and whatever. But I, someone asked me if I was going and I said, absolutely not. There is zero way that I would be able to get a seat inside that courtroom. Yeah, I'd like to see that, but I'd prefer I would rather attend the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial at this point. I, I they've got her. On on she brought in Kate Moss to the to, this is like kind of my guilty pleasure on the side right now. So okay. they they brought in she, Amber Heard testified that Kate Moss was um, abused by Johnny Depp, which now opens the door for Johnny Depp to be able to bring Kate Moss on the stand and say the exact opposite. Well, there have been so many people who have just said what a wonderful guy Johnny Depp is. Yeah, he drank. But there's so many people who basically said he's he should be a Hollywood sainthood uh, that I don't think that Kate Moss is going to change anybody's mind. No. And, he, you know, everybody tends to forget what he said about the White House and Donald Trump. I've forgotten it. It's just a question. I'm not insinuating anything. By the way, this is going to be in the press. It'll be horrible. But I'd like I like that you're all a part of it. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? That's what he said. I remember that now. Yeah. Because I remember the question about Lincoln. Yeah. Well, not okay. Not okay. Like not you don't okay. see us out there screaming that we need to kill Joe Biden because we would never do something like that. It's no. terrible. Not a, not a bazillion times would we under a bazillion drinks would I ever say that? Nope. Nope. But I'm excited. I'm excited about uh, the Sussman trial and maybe, maybe, maybe we'll finally get to uh, point to all of our friends who said our friends who said Russia, Russia, Russia and go stop it. Yeah, because like, you know, the judge is basically telling uh, Durham at this point, you know, you're weaving this big conspiracy story out. Charge it already. Charge it. You can't litigate a conspiracy in a 1001 case. But Sussman is doing all the work of taking down the people that were in the FBI that knew about what was going on on his own, because that's his defense. His defense is everybody knew I was working on behalf of a client and they're all saying, no, no, we didn't know. So his job is now to go out there and prove that everybody knew. And that in and of itself will be a detriment. I don't think you can. I think that's one of the most difficult things to prove is what people knew unless you have a concrete evidence to the to the fact that it says yeah every we knew i i know you're working for hrc yeah like i mean handwritten notes and emails like that yeah something like that That, so you can't it's hard to prove intent yeah i know but but when you've got the handwritten notes and emails yeah that's why that's why you see durham objecting to very little of michael sussman's uh evidence he wants to bring forth well this will be fun yeah Uh, so we'll see what happens but you won't be able to watch it or dial in and hear it. No, and that kills me because it's ongoing right now. Like I can pull up YouTube and click on Amber Heard, who's going to be starting in just a few minutes, and hear that just fine. And that has really no bearing on whether or not we as a country continue. No. But the other story could. It has The other story has a bearing on the biggest coup attempt in the history of our country. Yeah, I'd say. I still have not seen 2000 uh, Mules. Oh, boy. You need to see that movie. Well, it's not exactly easy to get here. So I don't I want to watch it on a big screen. Well, so a big screen like what? Like a regular movie theater. Oh, they're not going to have it at a regular movie theater again. Yes, they are. When? Yeah, you could put go into your go into your Fandango account and put 2000 Mules in. You'll see it. I don't have one of those. It's Fandango. Just go to Fandango.com. Okay. It'll show up. It'll be there. 2,000. God's in his heaven and all's right with the world. 
2000 mules, 2022. Let's see. Where is it showing? Oh, it's coming back. See, I can't believe I taught you something. It's usually the other way around. I'm let's see. Now that makes me one and 437. What's your, uh, let's see, Delaware. <laughs> you wanted my zip code, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> Friday, May 20th. Yes. All right. Go see it. You're going to walk out of it. I just, I don't understand why. I do understand why from a business perspective, but I don't understand why the people in the movie even needed to be there. What do you mean? The people? Like, in- there were comment, there were people that he interviewed, like he brought in skeptics and, and people who were convinced of, of fraud, like no, well-known figures that are with Salem Broadcasting Group. Oh, maybe that's why. That, that, that's why I said I understood the business reason for it. Yeah. Sometimes they needed that in there. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Um, the other story, Donald Trump got downgraded this weekend. Was he a, a hurricane or something? No, no, no. <laughs> Remember last week um, he was declared MAGA king. What is he now? He's a creature. Oh, now he's a creature because that that MAGA, ultra MAGA thing really backfired on the left. So now. Completely. Well, Nancy Pelosi called him a creature, a creature. Who's he's just, a creature. Like, yeah, she called well, she's a vampire. She's a, she, I think, what does Kane from Citizen Free Press call her? Drunk Skeletor? Well, that's funny. My buddy uh, Rich Zioli calls her the vampiric one. <laughs> and he says she spends her nights crawling around looking for new victims. Well, did you see what she's done? She's opened up a bar at the House of Representatives. It's not a bar. It's a liquor distribution center. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. So free Peloton for everybody who works for a member of Congress. So if you are one of the 10,000 members of staff for the 535 members of Congress, the House and the Senate, you now get a free monthly VIP Peloton membership. So uh, and and shockingly, this happened just uh, less than a year after Peloton opened a lobbying office in D.C. Well, I mean, you'd think that exercise would be important for people, right? I mean, during COVID, instead, they had us all sitting inside getting free hamburgers and hot dogs for vaccinating ourselves. Well, did you see the gym in inside the Capitol? No. There, there's an incredible gym inside the Capitol with a swimming pool, with a sauna, and it is state-of-the-art equipment. But we have to give these people Peloton memberships. It's that that will cost us a hundred grand a month that we don't need to spend. And these people already have one of the greatest gigs ever. It's filled with connections for future employment. They also now Pelosi wants these people to be allowed to unionize, which is only going to cost we the taxpayers more money. And this is why we have to win the midterms to overturn this move. And now there is a liquor distribution center inside the Capitol. Fantastic. Because it's too hard to get booze brought to your office, I guess. Yeah, it's too hard to bring it from your car or to to have one of those wheelie carts that you carry your computer in to to run it through the the Capitol security entrance. It's just so awful. But she called Trump. She was on um, with... um, I used to call her Jar Jar Binks, but I've I've taken that back. Uh, Dana, what's her name? Dana Bash on on the CNN. And she was talking about uh, uh, Democrats. And uh, well, y- you want to hear a little bit of it? Yeah, sure. This is wonderful. And I, I'm a oh, there's going to be an ad here. I have to mute for a second because it's because it's the CNN. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, Real Clear Politics has posted the story about Nancy Pelosi Visiting uh, with uh, Dana Bash, formerly known as George Banks. <laughs> Let me take. Is that? I guess that's wrong for me to say. It's funny. It is funny. And now another. As I'm as I'm loading the story, another stupid ad has come in. This so cute. Nancy Pelosi is is on uh, the Sunday morning program on the CNN with Dana Bash. Uh, something I think she's called a waste of time in the past. 
we want to mitigate for the damage, but we have to get rid of the damage. Many Democrats are angry. You're, I know that you're one of them. Uh, a lot of people in, in the grassroots are despondent over this draft ruling. And one reason yeah. why they're, they're upset is because conservatives have played the long game here. You know this. They have said over and over for decades that this was their goal to overturn Roe v. Wade. They're obviously talking about the leaked document. And that Democratic leaders should have seen this coming. I'm sure you've heard well, this I mean, too. Well, no, I mean, the point is, is, who would have ever suspected that a creature like Donald Trump would become president of the United States? So a creature. She has now called Donald Trump a creature. You know what I'm going to buy? A T-shirt. What does it say? Creature. Creature, creature Trump 2024. Yes. And and she goes on to say that he diminished the court by appointing conservative justices. Yeah, I know. You can't you can't have any any real balance on the court. Come on now. Yeah. We want it back the way we had it before. We were allowed to run roughshod over any other opinion. And and speaking of people with uh, duplicity at their center. Uh, did you see Bernie Sanders was out speechifying this weekend in Pittsburgh? <laughs> no. Is he still out? Was he wearing his mittens? <laughs> he was out. He was giving a speech in honor of and support of a future member of the squad, uh, a woman named Anna Lee. And uh, she wants to be a part of the House of Representatives. <laughs> And then she will join Bernie and they will uh, get the oligarchs and the billionaires to pay their fair share. (laughs) But um, the funniest thing about this is he flew from Washington to Pittsburgh to speechify about the demons of the rich people, all these horrible, evil, rich people. And he flew first class and there are photos of him. Oh, (laughs) of course. Uh, I was forced to fly first class for security reasons. And uh, so, but now let's get back to my hope that this young woman will be part of the squad. <laughs> he's going to, he's actually saying he's thinking of running in 2024. Oh, shut up, Bernie. Just go sit down, please. <laughs> Just go sit down. I, I, ha- lo- I love that he flew first class. It's not a surprise. Well, I am a I am a millionaire. I have three homes. Maybe, now, maybe four. I used to I used to decry the millionaires and billionaires, but now I don't say millionaire anymore because I are one. I have uh, Kamala Harris. Oh, I have a whole Kamala file. Do you have her from yesterday? Yes. All right, you play it then. I have. I have. Well, first of all, we'll work together to play it, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We. <laughs> That is so good. You have no idea how good that is. First of all, I, I want to say that we have had a lot of things to say about Kamala Harris and her propensity to serve word salads. Okay. For example. And we were all um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time. Right. The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. Um, That's pretty amazing, isn't it? The passage of time the and the passage pa- of time, passage of time. Tom, I, I need um, uh, the guy who did Year of the Cat, Al Stewart, because uh, he had a secondary hit called Time Passages. That was his his other hit. But people are saying you're too tough on her. You're you're just too tough on her. She did that once. No, she did a word salad once, and I thought. Mm, maybe not. For Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery um, by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential. Yeah, so we'll assist in assisting. By assisting. And then... Yeah. And then and then I can't wait to hear the one from you. I am dying to hear this one from yesterday. 
But wait, there's more. Oh, all right, all right. Well, first of all, I acknowledge one must acknowledge um, that prices are going up and that people are working hard and in many cases are worried about whether they can get through the end of the month and make it all work. So she acknowledges that she must acknowledge <laughs> and that, that we that we have to acknowledge, right? Like I acknowledge that okay, we must acknowledge that we the, we acknowledge that we acknowledge. Is we that, acknowledge everything. We acknowledge Joe Biden. We acknowledge that we must acknowledge Acknowledgement. I'm acknowledging that you are acknowledging Kamala. <laughs> acknowledging. I think I, I can't be agnostic on this. You're you're an acknowledger. I'm going to make that the title of the show. Today's <laughs> acknowledgement. Today's acknowledgement. Now, I I have one more, but you have such spilkus today. Do you want to hear yesterday's? Yes, I do. It actually happened Saturday. Whatever. She was speaking at a yesterday was a blur. I understand that there are places that'll help you, but um, and my bar is one of them. The congressional <laughs> bar is another. Uh, this is from Saturday's climate conference. That is especially true when it comes to the climate crisis, which is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together on to galvanize global action. With that, I thank you all. This is a matter of urgent priority for all of us. And I know we will work on this together. That is a climate crisis. Well, stop it, come on. Five times in 34 seconds. We're going to work together, Mike. Together. And acknowledge that we're going to work together on this. As we, we continue to work together. To which the guy who was hosting the session said this. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I, I am going to take full no credit. Points. And may God have mercy on your soul. I'm going to take full credit for you grabbing that clip. Actually, I had it a couple of weeks ago, but that's no, no, no. You didn't have it before we played it on the podcast. No, I didn't have it on my computer. Damn but right. It's my fault. No, that's okay. But here's another bit of word salad from the Kamala Harris word salad buffet. Understanding that right now on the issue of energy, our allies have stood firm and unified in a way that many of the pundits didn't predict would happen um, to ensure that we are we are unified in our approach to this issue. The art of saying nothing. She's so good at it. She she's incredibly good. She has no idea what she's doing. Well, yeah. Here's even more. Oh, God. We're experiencing a moral reckoning with racism and systemic injustice that has brought a new coalition of conscience to the streets of our country demanding change. America is crying out for leadership. The cackling nincompoop who is a heartbeat away <laughs> from the presidency. The cackling nincompoop. I love her. Just for being awful. Anyway, I think that's the totality. I have more, but I don't want to bore people with all my attacks on Kamala it's Harris. Too mu it's too much after a while. Like, yeah, Okay, so let's go back to Joe. I'm old enough, Tracy Beans, to remember all the way back to the summer of 2020. I don't know if you do. That was quite some time ago. Yeah, you were a stripling at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe was campaigning from the basement on the BBN, the Biden Basement Network. And uh, is someone is someone calling? Are we mm -hmm. getting a message from space? No, I was queuing up a clip. Oh, okay. Keep going. I'm sorry. I just wanted to share this memory with you while we transition from picking on Kamala to picking on someone else, like Joe Biden, the summer of 2020. We don't have a food shortage problem. We have a leadership problem. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So 
what were you queuing up? What what gem do you have? It was going to be Jim Jordan talking about Merrick Garland and and the whistleblower stuff that's come out over the past couple of days. I don't know if you've seen any of this. I I haven't seen the Jordan stuff. I saw some of the things he's been posting on Twitter, but I didn't hear it. So I'm all in for Jimmy Jordan. It's a little long. It's about eight minutes long, and I haven't clipped out the section that I'm looking for. So screw screw it for today. But. I will say that they released documentation that they they created basically um, they, they were they created a tip line right for parents to call and rat on other parents who disagreed with woke school board policies so that they could then start up investigations against them and this came on the heels of Project Veritas releasing their whistleblower documents and interview with their whistleblower who showed how they politically targeted. Project Veritas. And all these years, Mike, we've all been sitting around saying, where the hell are the whistleblowers coming forward about all of this stuff that they're doing? Because Merrick Garland sat in front of Congress and told the uh, I forget which committee, I think it was the committee on the judiciary, told them that there was no such thing, that the Justice Department was not targeting parents. But we find out now that they they have they had visited the houses of a mama bear who was upset about mask mandates over a comment that she made in a school board meeting. Someone else whose big crime was was being a, quote, gun nut, whatever that means. Well, I'm, I should get a visit then. Seriously, this is all coming from the, the leftists who are reporting their countrymen as as dangers because they are, quote, anti-government. And yeah. the Justice Department, in quotes, which can't be called the Justice Department anymore, taking yeah. aim. You have to put the letters I-N in front of the name. Injustice. And you know what? We're finally seeing it. Like, I, I saw it in your thing this morning. I actually had the opportunity to have uh, some time with General Flynn this weekend because he came to do an event with um, Clay Clark here in Mer- Myrtle Beach and then did spoke at an event that our Horry County GOP had. We had a straw poll on Friday evening for our Congressional 7 race, and he came and spoke to our crowd. Um, and he just filed a grievance against the government for targeted harassment. I He filed a $50 million complaint against the government and i hope he gets every last penny i would hope he would get treble damages because he deserves it i'm working on a very big project that has to do with his case because i've noticed that over time people have forgotten just how abhorrent this was remember general flynn was targeted by the justice department it's all kind of rehashed in this in this complaint that he grievance he filed <laughs> grievance and and it says in there why it is they were targeting targeting him remember this is a man who had the charges dropped against him and a judge continued to prosecute him without them that judge would would not let this go and it, it, the judge is the guy who should have been sued, but he can hide behind the uh, the government on this one. This was this was such abuse of a person and targeted abuse. It was so obvious. I hope he does get uh, a victory. But it, that's this is a this is um, an amuse bouche, if you will. Is it not? Doesn't he have plans to sue a whole bunch of media outlets? I, I hope so. Because I think this is the appetizer, or like I said, just a little starter. Uh, lawsuit. And I, I hope it does drive forward um, some correction, financial correction. He can't get the time back. Here's a guy who had had his uh, his life put on hold and was abused by the legal system. Yeah. Abused is not even the word, the legal system and everyone else. And now there are even people on, quote, our side who are piggybacking on everyone's short memory to try and make it like he's not a patriot. And I, it drives me insane. It's so mad. I read all of the recommendation letters that he had submitted before he realized his attorneys were political hacks that were screwing him over because they had the transcript of what he said to Sergey Kislyak right in front of them. And he knew they had the transcript right in front of them when they asked him the FBI came over because Jim Comey thought he could get away with just sending them over. And he said that you guys have the transcript. And then they asked him questions about his calls and he just didn't really remember. And then he took their word that he had lied because he didn't remember. And then they threatened to go after his son and all kinds of other stuff. Just ridiculous. There should be a, a zero added to that grievance. It's not 50. It should be 500. It should be 500. Yeah. Especially because he, there's he, still the subpoena that the J6 committee put out for his stuff. 
is is they want like literally I read it on the show. They want everything for years before J6 happened. Like, oh, sure. yeah, he, this is this is all about um, forcing you to go bankrupt through discovery. This is about making you pay for lawyers to gather all this evidence. This is a tactic. It's not legitimate. It is harassment. Yeah, it is. And there were two people, I would argue, in this whole crossfire hurricane, Spygate, Mueller nonsense that are the most investigated people on the face of the planet. Their names are President Donald J. Trump and Michael T. Flynn. I didn't know T was his middle name. Yes, but, Thomas. Uh, his middle initial, Michael Thomas Flynn. Okay, yes. good. Well, I hope he wins big, bigly. I hope he wins very bigly. Yeah. Can I, can I, um, I, we're near the exit ramp, aren't we? We are, but what do you need? What do you got? I want to close with maybe the most ridiculous thing, uh, the wokest thing ever, or at least the wokest thing of the week, because it is a, it is a woke world after all. Sure. All right, well, let me let me cue up the music then. Here we go. Yes, welcome to the woke world, the woke Olympics. Today, a Wisconsin middle school is in the crosshairs of my anger for charging three boys. We're talking boys in basically grammar school. I think they're seventh or eighth graders. They've been charged with sexual harassment. Now, that's a pretty serious charge, right, for a, a kid in eighth grade? Yeah, and, and when you say what their crime quote is, ugh. The, um, the crime, with air quotes around it, is that they use the wrong pronoun when speaking to a classmate, a classmate who wants to be called they, them, and they actually use the biologically correct pronoun when talking to this student. And now they have been charged by the school with sexual harassment. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Now the school know. has charging powers now. Uh, well, I guess, you know, I'm sure they it goes on your permanent record or they can force you out of school. Um, I'm talking with a prosecutor later today about what could really happen. So I'll have an update for you next week or next time we meet Wednesday. But it's just insane. Let's teach kids how to read and write and teach them a little critical thinking. And if kids tease each other, just tell them to cut it out. Don't charge kids with things that will forever mark their records this is just insanity it is insanity it is we'll follow this one and then before we go i just want to let everybody know and you mike yes. tomorrow i'm going to the dentist well you know what they say what abscess makes the heart grow fonder i i bit into a bagel and it <gasps> feels like i broke my tooth in half no served me right for having a bagel i'm not supposed to have bagels and a bagel that will break a tooth is not really a fresh bagel. I'm just saying. No, it was, it was, I, I don't even understand. It wasn't even toasted. That's so weird. Yeah, oh. it is really weird. It You're bothers too- me. Wow. So I don't well, know what they're going to do, but I'm, I'm sorry. But um, so you might be all hopped up on goofballs next time we talk. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. It's so scary. You'll be fine. I hope they can glue it back together. It's in the front. Oh, it's a, a visible tooth. It's the molar right next to my canine. Yeah, I don't, I don't know all that. You I know the the big the, the, the back the fang. It's not a molar. It's a, it's not a molar, but those are the incisors, are you, they not? Well, your incisor is yes. It, you know that big canine looking tooth you got next to uh, yeah. four. Yeah, it's the one next to that on the on, you know towards the back of the mouth. So it's absolutely you can see it. You need to go see Dr. Prentice, the painless dentist. By that, what's meant is it really shouldn't hurt. It's not, I don't know what they're going to do, but I have to go tomorrow. So, oh, anyway, you've been listening to the Dark Delight podcast with the very irritating Michael Pelka and Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 30 Eastern on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com until Wednesday. Asmosis, amigos. <laughs> I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. 
There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 